I saw myself as being a Montessori child, but not really having that opportunity growing up. So that's when I saw that I had something to give and to offer. I think children is very authentic and holding that space for their growth and their curiosity and exploration for me it was a joy. And it was a joy that I wanted to have every day in my work days. A good kitchen produces good food, but a great kitchen brings people together. Welcome to Meet Me in the Kitchen, a podcast inspired by Little Kitchen Academy, exploring the key ingredients to a meaningful life and how they are changing lives from scratch. Here's my dad and your host, Scott Rintoul. It's not always easy to figure out who you are and where you belong on this chaotic planet we're all rolling around on. Even if you do, it can be tough to choose the life you're passionate about living as opposed to the one that others would choose for you. Jobs and titles that are often glorified don't always strike a chord on a personal level. It's safe to say we all know and admire people who have the courage to follow their respective callings. And when it comes to education, hopefully we've all had at least one teacher that falls into that category. That's certainly the case with Alini Vieira, who is the director of Little Kitchen Academy's flagship location in Vancouver, Point Grey. Her ambitious spirit is matched only by her unwavering commitment to impacting children in a positive manner, a big part of the reason Little Kitchen Academy has been such a great fit for her. Alini recently found time to meet me in the kitchen in order to share her story and attempt to help me improve my pronunciation. Now, I want to get this straight because... You come from an Italian family, but you grew up in Brazil. So I have to start with the most important question of all. Italy and Brazil are both world powers in the sport of football, or as we normally call it in North America, soccer. I need to know, Alini, which nation do you support? Uh, I used to support Brazil, but after Germany, I don't support any team anymore. Just because it wasn't very nice to see Brazil going down the hill the way it did. And I think I stopped loving soccer since then. <laughs> That's hard to believe for someone who comes from Brazil. My thought is that it's in everybody's blood there. And I would have thought with an Italian side of your family and your grandmother, your Nona, that perhaps she would have told you you needed to support Italy. Yes, <laughs> but I think, well, my stepfather is an Italian. He sees himself as an Italian, although he's not. And he does not support Italy. So I think I shouldn't. I'm not into soccer very much. <laughs> I'm supporting what he's supporting. That might be the only thing you're not into, but we'll get to that a little later on because I've heard you have a very diverse interest base of things you like to do. I mentioned your Nona, your grandmother. You mentioned her in your bio as well on the Little Kitchen Academy website. In which ways did she influence you growing up? I think Nona Ivani was her name. She had a lot of patience in the kitchen, but she was very straightforward as well with clear directions. And she would always say, if you're not helping, we might be bothering. <laughs> she was very Italian in that regard and very straightforward. And I think she really got us, like myself and my cousins, to really like helping her in the kitchen because she would give us clear instructions. Uh, she would let us to use the tools and really teach us how to fold capelletti. And I think I really liked working with her in the kitchen. Did you always have a passion for food and for cooking since the time you were little? I did. I did. And I loved eating. 
more than cooking, I think, back then. But my mom wouldn't allow me in the kitchen very much. We had a small kitchen. But when my sister was born, Victoria, now she's 18, I would like her to cook with me. And then I think I found joy in cooking together with her because she was so interested and wanting to help as well. And then since then, I think I've been cooking with children very much every day. (laughs) Now, I'm not sure how large your family is. And every single family is different. Did you have large family meals growing up? Was cooking an important thing for your family and getting together on a regular basis? I think my family likes more the eating than the cooking. (laughs) So we really enjoy restaurants. I think since my nonna passed, we stopped cooking together. We would go to family reunions on the weekends. It's pasta day on Sundays, pasta or pizza day. So during the lunch is pasta and at night we would eat pizza. And that's all Sundays. Imagine how much of carb that's going on in our bodies. But that's how we grew up. And so, yeah, I think the chatting and waiting and anticipating the food was more fun for us than the actual cooking because that wasn't a space for that after my nona had passed. Pasta and pizza sounds pretty good to me. And I think my kids would sign up for that in a heartbeat as well if we could get them on that program. Now, you talked about how you developed a love of cooking and wanting to be involved with it, but that's not the original path that you pursued as far as your career goes. What's your background prior to getting into education and getting into cooking? My first university college in Brazil, we call it university, was marketing and advertising. And so what was the appeal of marketing and advertising to you? What did you like about it? It's interesting, that question, because I learned later on, like towards the end of my career, that was children that I wanted to work with. But I think it's being creative and being able to find solutions. And it really didn't matter to me if it was creating an event or creating a campaign. I think I just needed to be creative rather than being in an office, sitting with a computer and not using my creativity. So I thought that was a great start. Also, I think it was more strategic because I knew if I wanted to do marketing, I could pursue other areas because marketing entails everything else. And so I think it was a good start. Did you enjoy what you were doing? Why did you choose to make a transition to another area? There was a story. It was very clear. It was a turning point. One of my projects at school We had to develop a game. It didn't matter the target, but we had to come up with a game. And my group and I, we decided to create a game for children. And I just loved thinking about every single detail and defending why we should create that game and why Brazil needed to get back in touch with culture and folklore. And so I got myself researching a lot about different schools of thoughts about education. And I saw myself very passionate about that. There, I started seeing that shift and that I needed to learn more. But I don't think that was the turning point. The turning point, I think, was when my sister was born. Well, we have 18 years of gap, of difference. And I think just watching her growing up and being able to actively participate in her education, play with her, learn what she's interested in. I think that really got me into wanting to to work more with children, not only for her, but all her friends. And I think we really enjoyed working together. And I say working because I, I would always have tasks for them. I would always create games. So I think I was using a little bit of my creativity there, but also really 
trying to understand what interests them and what really responds to their needs and what their developmental stage. And so I got myself, again, doing researches, really reading about how to interact and work with children. I think that was the turning point for me. It sounds to me like you and your sister are very close, despite the fact that there is an age difference. We are. Do you talk every day? Do you talk multiple times a week? How, how often do you communicate? No, we don't. She's a teenager. <laughs> I would say once a month. She came recently to visit me here in Canada. She came to Little Kitchen. She worked here with us for a day. And I think she was really proud to see what I'm doing and what I'm involved with. And she fell in love with the children. And I really loved watching her being in love with them and being very curious because I could see the influence that I had on her and my interest in her back then. I could see myself there and it was lovely. There are a lot of people who like spending time with their siblings or spending time with children for a couple of hours at a time, but not all of those people want to teach and want to be around children all day and educate. What made you go from someone who was interested in that to actually pursuing a career in that? I was really interested in, in learning academically at the developmental stages. And I think it was more of intellectual uh, pursuit that I wanted to learn. I was so interested and I couldn't imagine that I would get so passionate about that and really want to become hands-on. So I think it was becoming, I like to say, becoming Misalini, which is how the children call me. It was a process of becoming, and it was beautiful to observe that because I could see myself changing as a human being. And when you go in and do the training in the Montessori Institute, you question all your own education and you question why didn't my mom offered that to me? And like I saw myself as being a Montessori child, but not really having that opportunity growing up. So that's when I saw that I had something to give and to offer. I think children is very authentic and holding that space for their growth and their curiosity and exploration for me was a joy. And it was a joy that I wanted to have every day in my work days. It was interesting working and participating in big events, traveling for work and creating great marketing campaigns, but it wasn't as fulfilling as to see what I see every day here at Little Kitchen. That's really interesting to me because you mentioned the word Montessori in there, which is part of the basis for Little Kitchen Academy. There are a lot of different ways to learn. There are a lot of different pedagogies. Why did Montessori compel you and make sense to you? I was introduced to different schools of thoughts in education, and I was really drawn to the Waldorf philosophy and pedagogy and the Montessori. I love both of them for different reasons. I think what appealed to me in the Montessori pedagogy was the hands-on learning, but really including the child in the practical life, daily activities. That's what they're drawn to. That's what they need and they want. And having prepared environment, a space where children can thrive and it can be independent and can be part of a small community. It's the beginning of their becoming themselves. And I think Waldorf does that in a different way. They work with arts and it's different. It's lovely and it's different. So I was really, I didn't know which one I should pursue, but I think life happens. And I had the opportunity to come here to BC, which is a whole different story why I came here and I ended up being here to pursue and learn about the Montessori pedagogy. All right. Well, you need to educate me on that story then as well. Give me the story as to how you made your way from Brazil to British Columbia. I came to visit my brother. My brother was living here and the whole family came and we spent 10 days in North Vancouver. 
I saw myself questioning everything that I had back then. I had already questioned. I was already transitioning in a way. I was studying psychology in Brazil. I didn't want to be in the marketing anymore not in big corporations, but in a corporate world, working in an office. And when I came here, I saw a lifestyle that I thought it was a really great fit for me. And then in many conversations with my brother, the lifestyle wasn't enough for me. I, I had a plan, I had my career. And then all of a sudden, somebody mentioned that they had taken the Montessori training. And then why not? And that was June 2016, and I came here end of September, and I've been here for now seven years. So I think life happened in that way, and it was an opportunity. Does your brother still live in Vancouver? He doesn't. He left after two years. Yeah, and I stayed. We'll get to the Little Kitchen Academy part of this in just one second, but I'm wondering how Vancouver and the lifestyle lived up to your expectation that you had established during that visit. It took me a while to feel the belonging. It was more of a vacation. It felt like more of a vacation for a long time. The adaptation process wasn't easy because of the environment. It's so different. It's cold. It rains a lot. And I came here. It wasn't summer anymore. So I had the fall winter idea of Vancouver. Everybody was telling me you should wait until summer. You would have a different idea. But summer wasn't coming. And I was studying going to school from seven to four. So it wasn't easy in that way. I couldn't really see what was coming. And then I started developing different hobbies. I started seeing the, the possibilities of like leaving school and going to the beach after and feeling very safe and having my pedal board with me and looking forward to winter to go snowboarding. And the way we leave the seasons here, it's very different than what we do in Brazil. It's not as defined and it's not as obvious. So I started enjoying the lattes. I started enjoying going to cafes. And I, I wanted that in Brazil and I couldn't have that. So I would go for holidays somewhere else. And so that felt, and it still feels to me that I'm in a vacation, <laughs> but that's a vacation that it's home and it's a more playful and lighter way of living. And I think it really fits my style and who I am. Paddle boarding makes a lot of sense to me coming from Brazil. Snowboarding, perhaps not. Had you snowboarded before you got here? Was it just something that interested you? How did you get into that? No, I, I would look at mountains every day and think that's not for me. I don't know how to do this. I don't have a great balance. Uh, I'm going to fall. I'm, and I decided to go and great friends, they gave me a board. They gave me the boots we went together and one of my friends spent three days with me in the bunny hill until I could start going to the chairlift and still have a lot of butterflies in my stomach going there, fearing that I will fall, but it got better and better. And now I, I would say that I consider myself a bit better. <laughs> I can go down and I can speed up and I don't do jumps yet and I don't think I want to, <laughs> but it was a process too, as everything else, I think for me here coming to BC. It sounds to me like you have a very open and curious mind, and that fits with the students at Little Kitchen Academy as well. One of the things about children is that they're open to most things because they don't have preconceived notions. It sounds like you're the same, whether it's your career or your outdoor activities. Would you say the same? Yeah, I think so. And again, they show me that. It's not something that I'm extremely self-aware about. When you're saying that, it makes sense to me, but it's not the way I define myself. I do think I am a risk taker. I like challenges. I like playfulness. I like warmth. 
And I think that all those environments, they really play together. Yeah. Well, they do all work together. And it's a nice way to describe the environment I think you're trying to create and we find at every little kitchen academy. So let's jump to that part of the story. The Montessori background makes sense. But how did you wind up at the role you're in right now? How did you wind up at Little Kitchen Academy in Point Grey? I've worked at a Montessori, traditional Montessori school. And when I say traditional, it's not closed traditional. That was a preschool. And I've done the three-year cycle. That's how we call it. We stay with the child since day one, when they're three-year-old, until they graduate. And we can see the growth. And it's amazing. It's beautiful to see. And then I felt that I wanted a different challenge. I felt that my place, it was always in a more creative environment where I could offer that more. Structure, it's a key word in Montessori and in a classroom, it's really well structured. And I think I saw myself drawn to one specific area that was the practical life area because I could see how much children could learn just by being exposed to all those activities. I think that is similar to why Felicity created Little Kitchen Academy as well. So when I saw the Little Kitchen Academy was open and I was able to work in a different place, I decided to knock. The school that I used to work at, it was very close to Little Kitchen and I came down and I just knocked on the door and Felicity happened to be here with Katie, our previous director, and I gave my resume and that was it. I came, started working as an instructor on the weekends and continued talking to Felicity and Brian and, and seeing if there was a possibility for me to make Little Kitchen my full-time job. And then I was invited to take on this new role of director. So there's a job that looks like it might be for you, but as you had found out in some of your previous steps in your career, maybe it wasn't the right fit or the right feel. Why did Little Kitchen Academy feel right for you, Alini? That's a beautiful question. And I... I've been thinking about it and the way I can articulate that because it's more of a feeling. I think Little Kitchen Academy is a very inclusive space and it's for all children and for all instructors and all backgrounds. And so it's a very diverse place. It's a very safe and, and joyful place. It's a place where you can articulate your ideas and you are heard and you're respected for who you are. You don't have to be, you can become. And that's the way I think Felicity sees everybody who works here. So I think there are lots of opportunities for growth for both children and for instructors and people who work for Little Kitchen Family. And I think that's what I've always wanted for a workspace, not separate life and work. And that's me. I am an intense human being that really wants to leave my life in a very authentic way that is true to myself. And it didn't make sense to me to work in a place that I couldn't have all of that all together. And yeah, I think Little Kitchen is that place where you can be yourself and there is space for learning and growth and to bring up your talents and find out the ones that you didn't even know that you had. You just described yourself as a very intense person, but I can see when you're answering these questions and we're having the conversation that there's a lot of joy in you as well. So what does a good day at work look like? A day that leaves you smiling the way that you've been smiling during this conversation. 
I think it's the day when the team works together really well, we communicate really well, the children are excited to come in and ideally sunny outside. <laughs> that helps a lot. But I think that's sunny inside. I like to say that we have the sunshine inside and no matter what's happening outside, Little Kitchen, I, I like to say that is the happiest spot in town. <laughs> And it's a lot of warmth and it's a lot of joy just watching the instructors interacting with the children and the respect, the kindness. So that is the start when we're, they are doing the buttons and they're like we're chatting and they're telling what they had for breakfast. That's lovely. And then we start the recipe and then they get all excited about sharing what they've done before in the kitchen. And I would say that a joyful day is when we're able to allow the children to work at their own pace, that we don't have to rush a recipe, for example, that they can actually sit down and eat and we can talk about the recipe and we have time for mindfulness and to work in the air garden. And that doesn't happen all the time. We know and, we, and the parents know that sometimes we might not have time to pack up and or like not to finish some recipes and especially with the little ones. And we, of course, we do our best to deliver. But working with children, we have if it's a full class of 10, that doesn't happen all the time. So I, I do like when the flow, like a magic happens and then we are able to finish the class. Everybody's happy and really excited to share their food with their families and the big smiles outside. That's the perfect work day for me. I've had the good fortune over the course of doing this podcast and speaking to so many different people to hear impactful stories about children and their experiences in Little Kitchen Academy. I'm sure you have numerous stories like that. Is there one that stands out? Is there a day with a child or a child in particular that you always hold close to your heart and experience that was had between you and that child at Little Kitchen Academy? There's so many and we witness so many stories every time. And I think our stories and Instagram can tell that story a little bit because I see so many and it's so magical. I can't think of a specific, but I think there is to me that warms my heart is when I have families coming here and they come from a Montessori background and they know that I'm here and they want to bring their children to experience the kitchen, the extension of their school. And it's so beautiful how things come together and how being in that environment helps them to be in this environment. On the other hand, Little Kitchen is for everyone. And although many of our students don't have the Montessori background, they do get as much as the children that have the Montessori background. But I do like to see children identifying some shapes, for example, when we're talking about beehives. Well, what is the shape of the cell of the beehive? Oh, that's a hexagon. And that's mind-blowing for me. Maria Montessori talks about that in a prepared environment, the children receives the key to the universe. So it's naming shapes, smells, objects that they will see outside. And it's just lovely when they come here and they are able to name those objects. And then, of course, when they leave Little Kitchen Academy, they're able to talk about how turmeric smells like and how that relates to ginger and it's spicy. So that's very special to me to see the whole cycle coming together. Now, Alini, you know there's one question that everybody gets asked who comes on this podcast, so I will ask that question now. It's the question everybody at Little Kitchen Academy gets asked. What is the one ingredient that is always in your kitchen and why? That took me a long time to decide, but my ingredient is warmth. I am 
warm. <laughs> I think that's what I bring to the kitchen. And I came from a warm place. And I do like to hold that space where people can be themselves and they can be kind and warm with each other. We can show our affections and our feelings and to be authentic. And I think the warmth is the word that defines that for me. Pardon the pun here, but it must warm your heart then at the end of each session when the children sit down together and these little strangers who may not have known each other before they arrived at Little Kitchen Academy all of a sudden are talking about what they did and it seems like they go years back. It's, it's just lovely. It's that little community in our community table. In a three-hour class, they're able to not only help each other learn how to wait, but also share a meal just like a family. And I wish everybody could see that. The way they are proud of what they've created, the way they're excited to see their parents, to share what they've created, and also the way they talk about their food. And it's just a beautiful conversation. It certainly is. And I think we're having one here as well. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Felicity told me you have more interest than almost anyone she knows. You mentioned paddleboarding and you mentioned snowboarding. I want to know what a few of the other things are that interest you these days that you find yourself compelled to pursue. I want to learn French. I have great friends in France. There is a little kitchen perhaps coming somewhere else <laughs> where people speak French and I'd like to help. Yeah, so I do want to learn French. I do want to be more active and have a more regular schedule for working out and moving my body and continue playing the guitar. You're a guitar player. What type of music do you like to play? I really like bossa nova. Do you have any particular artists that you follow or try to emulate? I do. I want to mention Tom Jobim, which is um, a beautiful artist. I love Gilberto Gil. I love Gal Costa, and they're all Brazilian artists. I think everybody should know them. <laughs> they're great. Yeah, and I, I love bossa nova. I love samba. I love jazz too. I'm not a jazz nerd. I don't know much about jazz, but I do love listening to it. It's very complex playing jazz in the guitar, and I don't think I am ready for that, but I'd love to one day. Sounds to me like maybe you're into travel as well, because you're mentioning learning French and maybe wanting to travel with your French, and jazz is something that you could certainly pursue down in the southern part of the United States, go to great hotbeds for jazz like New Orleans. Are you a traveler? I love the idea of traveling. I have a very busy life and I do want to incorporate more traveling. Whenever I travel, I travel to visit my family and I do want to change that as well. I have so many places I'd love to see. Japan is one of them. France, I've been there, but just for two days, I do want to explore more the south of France and so many other places in the world. All right, you mentioned the road, and I'm going to tie this into your name because you are an educator as well, and I'm hoping you can educate me and the rest of our listeners on how to pronounce your last name properly. I've been doing my best with your first name, Alini, but I'm not sure that I've gotten my hands around your last name. So can you teach me how to properly say your last name, Alini? Vieira. Vieira. Am I close? Vieira. It, you're close. <laughs> Give me one more shot. Say it again. Vieira. Vieira. Mm -hmm. Almost, not quite? Not quite. Okay, so I'm tying this into road. What is the origin of your last name? I learned about that recently, and it made me really excited about sharing that story with people now. I do love the name, and I recently found out that Vieira is the clam and a symbol to the people 
who go to do the Camino de Santiago. So they carry with them a clam, a vieira, which is a little shell. I don't know if it's a clam. It's, it's a shell. And that's where my name comes from. I thought it was a really beautiful story. I do want to do the Camino. That's one of the trips that I, I want to go and soon, I hope. And yeah, I do want to carry a vieira with me. Well, that's a beautiful story. And I think it's symbolic of where you find yourself. You are on a road. You don't exactly know where it's going, but you're willing to put one foot in front of the other all the time with a smile on your face. Alini, thank you very much for this conversation. Thank you, Scott. Meet Me in the Kitchen is curated and produced by Toolkit Content. You can find more information about Little Kitchen Academy, including classes, locations, employment, and franchise opportunities at littlekitchenacademy.com. What's the one ingredient that's always in your kitchen? 